And here's what I want to ask you. What is holding you back? What is the thing that's holding you back from going after your dreams and from finding meaningful work you love? Aren't you ready to wake up to the possibilities that are in your life and go after the things you've dreamt of? It's time for you to feel alive again, lit up, and for you to know that you're deserving and you are worthy for the future that's waiting for you. I want you to feel fulfilled and find abundance in your life. I think it's time and I'm ready to help you get started. Now I'm your host, Kristen, of Building a Life You Love. And each week on the show, we're going to help you figure out how you do go after your dreams and find work you love. Here we go. Let's get started. Today's episode is going to be so awesome. We talked to a former teacher, Shelly Lizer, and she's going to share how she transitioned into a full-time remote gig and how it allowed her to start living a life that aligned with her goals for her life and for her lifestyle. So I can't wait to dig into this conversation today with her. And I hope there's lots of takeaways for you that you can apply to your own life and maybe opens up a new way of thinking for you. Hi, today I have with me Shelly Lizer, the former teacher who founded and runs TeacherVA.com. And she helps teachers learn how to become virtual assistants so they can make income for themselves, either supplemental or as their full-time incomes. And she also has clients that she works with as a virtual assistant. I'd like to welcome her to the show today. Welcome, Shelly. Hi, thank you. Happy to be here. Thanks. Would you like to share with us a little bit more about your journey to teacher into running your own business? Sure. So I was a teacher for about 10 years, a little bit over. I can't remember if it's 11 or 12, to be honest. So I was a teacher for 11 or 12 years. I taught primarily English, language arts, theater, and speech. That I kind of went from position to position doing one of those things um, in every building that I was in. After 11 or 12 years, I decided to leave the profession. I actually got started because I started writing plays for my eighth grade students. And I really, really enjoyed the plays for them. And I enjoyed kind of going through that process. And I actually published my first show and I wanted more time to do that. And teaching doesn't necessarily provide a lot of extra time. And I was looking into programs like university programs and college programs for playwriting specifically. And they all took place during the school year, during the time that I had to be teaching. And so if I wanted to pursue something like that or any one of my other interests, I had to do something else. I had to not be in the classroom anymore. So I started going crazy listening to podcasts and things. And I started with creative writing and that went down the rabbit hole that just kept going through entrepreneurial podcasts and business related podcasts. I eventually found virtual assisting. And I thought that that would be a really good, maybe exit strategy is a good word for teaching because it was something I could do that was completely flexible. It allowed me to work when I wanted to work. I could work in the mornings. I could work in the evenings after play practices, whenever I wanted to. Um, And it would give me the income I needed to decide what I wanted to be when I grew up. And so even though I'm not actually actively pursuing playwriting right now, virtual assisting is what helped me to leave the classroom. So before COVID in early 2020, so January or February, I resigned from teaching. And now I am building teacherva.com, which is all about helping other teachers kind of understand the virtual assisting world and getting them started so that they can, you know, either just supplement their income or, you know, use that as their exit strategy so that they can make some extra money while they figure out what they want to be. Oh, that is so cool. 
And I think the time right now, you know, we've had this tough year with COVID and I've talked to so many teachers and people in other industries as well that are either frustrated, they're overworked or overwhelmed, or the format isn't working for them, whether it's because online's hard or they're splitting between a classroom and online, or they're the balance of putting their children, their own children's need or their family's needs or whatever other obligations they have mm-hmm. isn't working with this new format, right? Like things are, daycare has been closed or other schools or the kids might be virtual, even if they're being asked to be in the, the classroom. Or in some positions, people have been remote for a year. And what happens is once they've been home, we've had more downtime, we start sort of reassessing what we want out of life and the type of lifestyle we want, what what we want our work to look like. I think a lot of people say, is, is there something else? You know, how could I do something else where I could still be at home? Or to your point, I could add m- more income into my life, or I could make more income. So do you have advice for whether it's a teacher or someone in another industry that finds themselves having those thoughts, but they're really not sure how to move forward. Yeah. So what I did, so back when I wrote that first play and and my eyes were kind of open to the world outside the classroom, and I started to realize maybe some of the things I was missing out on being a teacher. And so what I decided to do was actually created a couple of lists on my phone. They're still on my phone to this day. One of them was what I want most out of life. And the other one was, what do I want my ideal day to look like? And so on that list of what I want most, some of the things that were on there was, I wanted to travel in the fall. Teachers don't travel in the fall. Yeah. The beginning of the school year in the fall. We don't travel during that time. It's one of the most beautiful times of the year in the United States. And we don't get to really experience that. Another thing was being able to live debt-free. In my situation, you know, my husband has a steady job. As a teacher, I got paid one time a month. I knew exactly what it was going to be. Um, I knew what I was going to get paid even like 10 years from now because it's all (laughs) schedule in my state. Right. And it was going to take a really, really long time for us to be able to pay off all of our debt and pay off our house and, and to do all of those things. And there didn't seem to be any other options for that. Like I could take on more extracurriculars or I could take on more clubs. Um, but even those things don't pay very well and they take up a lot more time than you're get really getting paid for. And so although I enjoyed doing those things, it wasn't necessarily helping me to get to my goal for my family anyway. I wanted to be able to take my kids to school. Or, or even like, do you know, like the kindergarten lunch where you go and eat lunch with your kid? Yeah. Um, those things weren't part of my reality as a teacher. And so those things were that and like 11 other things. I actually wrote a blog post about it, but were on my list of what I want. The other list, my ideal day, you know, had to do with like being able to work out in the morning, like at 9 a.m. Because I love Zumba classes, but Zumba classes are always offered at 9 a.m. for some reason. Um, being able to pick up my kids from school, work wherever I wanted. I I always dreamed of being able to walk into a coffee shop and just sit down and work for a couple of hours or go to the beach and, and, you know, watch the waves and it, well, waves, we have a, we have lakes (laughs) in Iowa. So not a lot of, you know, waves anywhere, (laughs) but just be able to like work outside, you know, and when I made those lists, that's when it, it fully hit me just how limiting my job and my career as a teacher was. And how many things I wasn't pursuing uh, because of my job. And I started to really kind of dig into that. And like I said, I changed the podcast I was listening to and started looking for something that would help me to kind of fill the gap while I figured out how to make those things happen. 
That is great. I love that you shared that. And I think it's so important for us to regularly, it could be quarterly, it could be biannually, but just to, to kind of take inventory of our lives in the different sector focuses, you know, chunks of our lives. It could be, you know, for your family, it could be career, personal, you know, self-care, all the things. It could be faith. And we need to sort of take inventory and say, okay, how has it been going in that area, that mm-hmm. sector? And is there are there things I want to be different? Are there things I want to improve upon? And when we do that, I think to your point, when we start looking at that and we're honest about that, you start to see where is the area I need to work on or work towards something new. And I think yeah. that's, that's really great uh, advice about having those lists and taking a little time for yourself to think about those things. Cause I think yeah, a lot of we, just, get, yeah, we get too busy and we don't do it. Yes. And I keep them on my phone and I still go back and look at them. And what's different now is that when I was still in the classroom, those lists just kept getting longer. And now I find I'm checking the things off the list. You know, I love that. Who doesn't like to check things off the list? Mm -hmm. Exactly. (laughs) So, uh, if we piggyback from there, I'm curious: was there a moment or epiphany or something that happened in your life that made you finally say, "You know what? I've been looking into this stuff. I'm starting to learn more about maybe some options that let you say, "I'm going to give myself permission to pursue this thing, even though it might be scary or it's unknown." Yes. So I I can think of two specifically. So the first one was actually in the classroom. I was working with a speech class and they were doing personality tests and I was having them take personality tests because I was going to group them based off of their personality test results. Um, I was actually going to put them with opposite personality results just to kind of see how that mixed things up a little bit. But I took the personality test myself and it was a test called 16 personalities. It's free online. And my result came back as an adventurer and literally the tagline for the adventurer is don't box me in. And it was kind of in that moment that it's like, okay, like, I feel like this is a sign that you just need to like start taking steps, right. Or, or leap and then figure it out from there. So that was one thing that like specifically sits in the back of my mind as a moment. Another one that I refer to kind of as my God moment where I felt like, God was kind of shutting the door on my teaching career and like opening up a new one. I had a particularly bad day at school one day. This was after I had decided to kind of pursue some virtual assisting kind of courses and things like that and and really dig into virtual assisting specifically. And I had even like thrown out a couple of emails to some people just kind of reaching out, cold pitching, that kind of a thing. And on this particular day, I just had a really, really bad day. It was one of those days, and anybody who's ever been a teacher knows those days that you go home crying because you just felt out of control um, and not so much out of control with the students, just not supported. And things just weren't going well that day. And I went for a walk in this particular place near my kid's daycare where I walked all the time. And I opened up my business email just kind of randomly. And this was brand new. I like didn't even check this email hardly ever because you know, it was a brand new thing, but I opened up my business email and I had a response from one of those cold pitches. I want to set up a call with you. Like, I love what you threw at me, you know, let's do this thing. And it was like, wait, what? Like, I kind of did that. Not really thinking yeah. anything of it, like just more or less put myself out there. Two days later, I had gotten three emails back. So, oh in that, so I left on a Friday and by Sunday night, I had my first client. Wow. And so I left school crying and I walked into school smiling on Monday because I felt like my life had changed over a weekend. That's so cool. Did you want to share a little bit about that where you quickly, when you started this business, because I think that you were saying to me uh, right before we jumped on, 
that you were in the business for, I think, a couple months before you Mm -hmm. decided, okay, you know what, this can maybe be my full-time thing. And then just how maybe that first client shifted your thinking about the income potential. Yeah. So I, I started like doing coursework and stuff like that on virtual assisting, actually learning about virtual assisting in June of 2019. And, you know, summers get busy as much as we like to think teachers have all this time in the summer. Um, it's like the only time we take breaks and go on vacations and stuff like that. So it seems like everything's kind of packed into the summer. And so I really thought I'd get all this stuff done in the summer. And I got some of the work done, like some of the things I wanted to learn done, but I didn't really do anything with it until like September or October is when I sent those first, just kind of initial pitch emails. And they were just people who were on Facebook just saying that they needed help, or I heard them on a podcast mention that they were thinking about hiring a VA at some point, or, you know, just random things like that, that I just, I heard them and it's like, I think I can help them. And so I sent out the emails and I didn't really think anything of it. It was more of a leap. And a lot of people say, oh, just take baby steps, right? Just take one step after another. Personally, I think you have to take the leap. There's going to, that first step has to, you have to jump and do something that's scary because the first step is always going to be scary. So you might as well make it a big one. So take that first leap. And then after that, you can kind of slow down and bring it back to basics. But I think you have to do something big for yourself so that you have some buy-in, right? Yeah. And so that was in September or October in that range. I got my first client, I think at the end of October of that year. And that first contract was 525 bucks to write some blog posts, but $525 is over $6,000 after over 12 months, right? So I just given myself a $6,000 raise and that felt really empowering that I had control, that I had the ability to do something like that because as a salaried teacher, that was not part of my reality. The idea of giving myself a $6,000 raise over the course of an evening was not part of my reality. And so that really made me realize what this virtual assisting thing could be or what it could do. And shortly after that, I had a conversation with my husband over margaritas about Mm -hmm. how much do I have to make right now for you to be okay with me leaving my job. Um, And he gave me two numbers and I, I literally hit the first number within the next two weeks. And I hit the third number, the second number within a month. That's awesome. That's so cool. And then how long did you stay at your, how long did you stay teaching before you mm-hmm. transitioned to full-time running this new business? Yeah. So I stayed teaching till the end of the school year, which obviously we hit spring 2020, um, which means that I pretty much the last three months were kind of who knows what in the school yeah. year. So I actually um, resigned in either January or February of 2020. So just letting them know you wouldn't return the next school year. Yep. Right. Okay. Yeah. Cause we're, cause I'm contracted. Right. So I contracted through August, which is awesome because I knew I would at least have my teaching paycheck through August, even though I wouldn't be actively teaching in the classroom last couple months in the summer. That's just the way our contracts work here. So I was able to resign. Honestly, they were starting to make plans for the next year and I didn't want them making plans around me. They wanted to know what position I wanted in a certain, in which building I wanted to go to, things like that. And I did not think it was fair to my school district for me to pretend like I was going to be there when I was certain I was not going to be. So I told them earlier than I was prepared to. They took it really well. Actually, I had some great conversations with my administrators. We talked a lot about how, you know, the types of job that I'm going into didn't even exist when I was in college. Um, My husband's also in a career that didn't really exist when he was in college. So how could we have possibly have chosen these career paths then, right? 
And so I think that's important for people to remember is that sometimes the thing you want to do now wasn't even a thing when you were making those decisions as a teenager. So that was about two, three months after I got my first client. I stayed in the classroom, kind of did the 2020 online teaching thing through the end of the 2019-2020 school year. And then I was fully on my own with my business starting in September. That is fantastic. I think that's encouraging for a lot of people because like you said, I think we do have to be willing to be brave and to know Mm -hmm. that all of us step out into the unknown, right? In some part of our life. And we just have to say, you know, I know that, like you said, I have my list. I know that I want a different, I want my schedule to look different. I want to be in control of it. And I want to be able to do these other things. And that was, you know, I think that's the point is we need to know our whys why do you want this? Why do you want change? Why do you want to try this new opportunity? Or why do you want to make more income? And when we really look at the whys behind it, it can help us take those steps that seem scary at the moment or seem, we're not sure, like, can I succeed at this? Or will I actually make money? The honest truth though is, is if you put yourself out there and you're clear about what you're trying to do, people Mm -hmm. will, will respond to that. You know, and if nothing else, you get feedback and then you go back to work on it and then you, you ask someone else. Yes. The worst that anybody could have said to me when I sent out those emails was no. And the thing is, is I could continue teaching. Right. <laughs> I mean, right. I, I no worse off than I was before I sent the email. Yeah. The downside is, is nothing basically. Yeah. And, and I think that's actually, that brings up a good uh, point I want to bring up. Here's the thing, you know, surely we're not saying you should just go quit your job to someone in any industry. I mean, if you need to do that or or at that point where you need to resign, go for it. But if you, especially if you're financially prepared for that, right, that runway of time, but ideally you can test out a new income revenue stream or test out new type of work, you know, in the evenings or on the weekends so that you can see, could I bring in income? Do I like this new work? And then you can then transition into this as a full-time thing. If you find something that you enjoy doing that you can you know, make a profit on. Yeah. And I say that virtual assisting was my exit plan because virtual assisting is something that has a very low startup cost. Mm-hmm. Basically just need to have your own computer is what it comes down to. And I knew that virtual assisting was not what I was going to do forever. Virtual assisting was a means to an end for me. Mm-hmm. It would mean the time, the flexibility, the paycheck. So that I could figure out what I want to do. And I'm still figuring that out. There's days that it's like, I think I would like to run, you know, theater camps for kids and daycares. Other days that I think that I want to join the library board and help them raise money to build the new library. And I want to spend my days doing that. And so the nice thing about being a virtual assistant is that it's giving me the time and the flexibility to figure that out. Do I think that I'm going to be a virtual assistant forever? No, I don't. I I think that I'm going to do a lot of other things and virtual assisting just gives me the opportunity to figure that out as I go. And it sounds like when you finally decided for yourself, you know, Hey, I can go try other things. I can put myself out there that this has really allowed you to dream those dreams and see that all of the opportunities out in the world are waiting for you just to decide which ones that you're going to pull off the tree, right? You're going to go for, you're going to climb up the tree, I should say, and get and yeah. I think that's so exciting. And it's so cool when we're open to the possibilities that are just, they're all around us. We just have to decide it's the one that's we're passionate enough about that we want to go after and spend the time on it. Yeah. I mean, and, and I also have the belief that I don't think that, I don't believe that teacherva.com is the only business I'm ever going to have. 
I'm so multifaceted that I think that there's going to be other things that I'm going to want to do. That's part of the reason I'm not self-branding is that, you know, someday maybe this is not something that we'll continue to do and we'll sell that business and we'll move on and we'll try something else. And I, I don't think you even have to, your next job doesn't have to be your last job, right? right. Your business doesn't have to be your last business. I think that you get to kind of pick and choose, you know, as you go, what you're interested in now. Yeah. I love that. I think it's so true. And I think actually the more things we try and we're willing to put ourselves out there, we, the path's going to change. It's going to curve and it's going to, you know, shift. If we're open to it, what we think we're going to do in five years or two years is probably going to look very different in the yes. future, especially as we move out of maybe have being a career professional for one industry, which yes. most people are are moving towards that, right? So you're right. Most people I know are multifaceted now, you know, multi-hyphenated. They're not just this. They were, they're one thing, as we, we kind of mentioned earlier. They might be a teacher, but they're also this other thing. So they, their identity is teacher and, right? And you can add multiple things that you don't even have to be two things. Yeah. And I have teacher and is such a big part of my my brand and my interest and things like that. It's actually on my website. I know we were talking about that before we went live is that literally I have those words on the website. What else do you want to be? Yeah. And that you, it's great for you to add to that part of your identity. You can be a teacher and so many other things and talk to your students about that. Talk to your students about the things that you want to be and, and the dreams that you have and, and the things that you've tried because that's how they're going to be introduced to that world as well. My teaching completely changed when I became a virtual assistant because I was introduced to a world that I didn't even know existed. And now I'm a lot more helpful to them when I do go and talk to them. Yeah, that's really, that's great. So let me ask you, what advice or encouragement would you give to teachers or other uh, professionals who feel like their job or career just isn't serving them anymore? I think that... I'm going to put this in teacher language, Um, (laughs) but in teaching, we a lot of times talk about problem-based learning. So that idea of putting the problem out there and then figuring out what has to be true about the solution. Um, So for me, my problem was that I had all these interests that I wanted to explore, but my teaching job did not allow me the time to actually do it. So then what had to be true about the solution is that it had to make me enough money so that my family would not hit a bunch of hardship if I left my job, right? It had to be something that was flexible enough so that I could take my kids to school because that was something on my list that I wanted to do. And you can go down those things and it's like, okay, so I, I've identified the problem. I know what has to be true about the solution. And now I need to go figure out how, how to do that. And, and what I have found is that there is always a solution that meets those needs. And sometimes we're a little bit closed off or we just haven't learned about it yet. And that's what I loved about online business is that the more I learned about online business, the more I saw that pretty much anything I wanted to do could be a business. And and that was very, very freeing and very cool to kind of learn all about. And and now I feel like I could come up with a hundred businesses that I could run that I would enjoy and that would fit those needs. So I think that, you know, that first thing is, is think about it in that problem, you know, basically list out what's, what is the problem right now? Because it might even just be like for teachers, it might just be a financial thing. The problem is just that you're not making enough money to go on a vacation. I mean, yeah. or not making enough money to pay for your kids' daycare. Well, the solution is really easy. You just need a side gig, right? Like that, what, that's, that's an easy one. And you need a flexible side gig, right? What needs to be true about that solution? It needs to be flexible. It needs to be something that's around your teaching schedule, right? 
And so having something that allows you to work five hours a week from home, perfect. That's, that's easy. That's virtual assisting. That's blogging. That's writing novels. That's any of those things, right? The other thing that I would say for people, especially if they're strongly considering moving in a direction and they kind of have the direction identified already is do the hardest thing about that thing right away. So a lot of things when it comes to business that holds people back is just the, you know, the law part of it, right? Do I need to be a sole proprietor? Should I be an LLC? That scares me. I don't know how to deal with that. Literally contact your small business administration and just ask them, just ask what it takes to do that. Get that conversation out of the way, get the answers that you need so that if that's the hardest thing that you're going to do, you've already done it. If the hardest thing is that you need a website, then you need to learn how to build a website. And there's like a bazillion courses out there that can teach you how to build a website. Or you need to find a high schooler who knows how to build a website and have them do it for you and pay them to do it, right? There's people all around us who can do these things for us. But if that's the hardest thing and that's the thing that's going to hold you back from pursuing this thing, then that's the thing you need to do first. Because after that, it feels easy. Love that. There's two two points I want to make. One was about doing the scary or the thing that seems like the undoable or the unknown that's holding you back that barrier. The first thing is it's kind of like advice that people say for your work day too. They say don't put off the thing that you don't enjoy doing the most or that's scary to you. Like if you have to make sales calls or like the pitching emails, don't wait till later in the day to do them. Don't wait for the end of the day. Those should be the first thing or close to the first thing you do every day. But it's because once you get that thing done, your your mind's clear. You don't keep thinking about this thing that you don't really want to do, but you know it's something you have to do in order to run a business. So I think Mm -hmm. that's a really good advice too, is when you're thinking about starting something new, get it out of the way. So I love that. The other thing is there is a book called Skip the Line by James Altucher. And in it, he has a cool idea and it kind of goes along with the first tip you were telling people. How do you know if an idea is a good idea or a bad idea? In this case, which business would you mm-hmm. pursue or side hustle when you're considering multiple? And he says, you basically give it a conspiracy number. But the gist is you look at, you know, let's say you're saying I'm going to be a virtual assistant or I'm going to specifically write blog posts for someone, or maybe I'm going to tutor students in whatever subject you're in. Mm-hmm. Well, you look at each one and you just say, how many things have to happen for this to conspire for it to meet my goals. So for instance, your goal is a certain amount of income each month. Well, which one within that a time frame? your time frame of how much money you have to make, you know, during that time and how much income you say, well, what, ha- what it has to conspire. So for instance, the VA, how quickly can you get it up and get clients? And you, yeah. you just go through each one and you give it a number. So one might take you only three, three things or in your, not in your way, but you have to make happen to, to get to the thing. Mm-hmm. One might take five things. So then you can decide, okay, this is more reasonable and realistic that I can make income and I can do it, like you said, flexibility. And so I think it's a really neat part of his book that he talks, he walks you through that and you can use it for any, you know, when you're comparing multiple ideas. And I think that's an yeah. interesting idea as well. Yeah. I, and I think just don't assume that anything's off the table. A lot of times we we think we're kind of limited to what's available to us right now but there's a whole lot of things that we don't know. Yeah. Um, and so it's more about researching that thing in different ways. So rather than just looking up, 
you know, side hustles for teachers, you know, they don't necessarily have to be side hustles for teachers. They can be side hustles for anybody, right? Or it could be, you know, rather than just looking at what's available as far as a, you know, an actual, you know, W2 job, you can look up, you know, could I start my own business? How hard is, is it really to start your own business? What does that financially take? You know, kind of going back to what you said about how much, how many things do you need to do in order to make that happen? And just because you've never considered it before, doesn't mean that it's not a good option for you. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'd also add that a lot of times we can take multiple things, things we like, our passions, our interests, the skills we have, and then maybe what we've taught. And we can put some of that together, right? The disparate, the disparate things. And that's the new business we can create. Mm -hmm. Maybe we're amazing at, you know, resume writing, even though we taught and we were teaching English. But we have this knack for resume writing, how to create your resume to be a more powerful, you know, action oriented thing. And people would pay you to help them with that. So sometimes it's that you really love looking at how people write things and you like helping them improve it. So we sometimes we need to just look at all these things that we enjoy and that we're good at and how might they come together. Yeah, I always go back to like, I think it's scientific method or scientific theory. Science teachers are going to have to get on me with that one. But, you know, just that idea of having a hypothesis and then testing different things to see how that goes. And, and in the online business world, I immediately thought about ads. You know, like we have, you hear all the time about people who are like, I think that this is, I think this ad should work. And then it bombs and they're not sure why. Well, a, somebody who has a scientific mind is going to look at that and they're going to see the problem that they get to try to solve. And they're going to, they know to change just one thing at a time, right? And, and to figure that out. So even something that seems completely disconnected, like that scientific method, I think it's a scientific method, is something that's completely applicable to something else entirely. Yeah, you're right. Because you're always going to have to learn some part of, of this new thing. But if you bring the curiosity and you bring some passion and interest to it, it doesn't matter that, like you said, you don't know how to, to do ad copywriting. You can learn that piece because you have that interest in, you know, A-B testing back and forth. Yeah. This Did that color work or did this click work? Did that? So I think that's a, that's a good point is if we're open to, hey, this, this is interesting to me. I like to figure out why things, you know, why one thing works more than another. I like that colors matter and text matters. You, know, you start realizing you like all those little details. Then you yeah. can start to see what jobs might I be able to use those skills and interest in. Yeah. Exactly. That's great. So why don't, why don't you tell us how can people find you online to connect and follow what you're doing? Sure. The best place is teacherva.com. I also have a Facebook page and um, Instagram. I think they're both teacher virtual assistant. Actually, Facebook might be teacher VA, but teacher VA or teacher virtual assistant. But teacherva.com is where you can actually like sign up, get on the email list and all that kind of stuff and actually start receiving things from me about virtual assisting specifically. Fantastic. Well, Shelly, I think this conversation is going to be so helpful and inspiring to so many people, whether it's a teacher or someone in another industry. And I appreciate you jumping on with us today. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you. It's been fun. Oh, I love that conversation with Shelly today. I just think it's going to help people see that there are opportunities they can go after and that we don't have to stay in uh, maybe our current career opportunity if it's not serving us any longer. And that's not selfish. The honest truth is our season of life changes and what we need and what we want from it. And I think we need to be open to 
as those seasons changed, reassessing what we, we need and we want in our lives. And I want to leave you with this quote by Eric Hoffer that says, in times of change, learners inherit the earth while the learned find themselves beautifully equipped to deal with a world that no longer exists. And I think after the year we've all had or longer than a year, it's so true. As we know, teachers are the first people that are continuous learners. They're the ones that teach the rest of us that we have that learning is a lifelong journey and it's something that we do every day and we can learn from our, you know, environment, from books, from the outdoors, from people around us. So I would just encourage you, whether you're a teacher or someone in another industry, to keep learning and to be open to picking up new skills and being curious and seeing how you might bring two things together in your life. So thanks again to all the teachers and the people that put themselves out there and teach the rest of us to be lifelong learners. Let's stop settling. Let's go after our dreams and find work that matters and build a life we love. And thanks again for listening in. And if you enjoyed the show, we'd love it if you'd subscribe and leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can check out freebies and resources we have for you at kristenfitch.com. And if you have ideas for the show or guests that you'd like to recommend, I'd love to hear from you. So DM me on Instagram at Kristen Fitch, or you can email me from the website. Thanks so much. Until next time, have a great week.